This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Load up the phone lines. Remember, we're only here until 1030. That's when Washington State pregame begins. And, of course, we've got Dave Grosby joining us at 930. Let's go to Tim in Renton. Hey, Tim. Hey, John. Uh, first of all, it's an honor to talk to you as a Hall of Famer. And I uh, just want to go off on uh, the, the biggest problem facing the Seahawks. Yeah, go ahead. And that is, it is this so-called first-place schedule. Now, in the NFL, don't they schedule teams coming off a of first-place uh, finish the previous year with a much more difficult schedule? Yes, 100%. And, 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 it's okay. even, and it's even tougher this year. You know, for example, in the case of the Seahawks, I mean, you get the first-place schedule, so that means you, you have to play uh, two other first-place teams in the NFC. But all, also, I mean, you get, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you have the addition of the 17th game. And with the 17th game, you know, you have, uh, you have to play, like, for example, they, that was the game last week in Pittsburgh, and the game was on the road because all the NFC teams have to play at the AFC teams, which makes it even more difficult. So, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and you, you can see, like, for example, you know, Washington uh, in a bad division. Now, you know, Dallas looks like they're going to run away with the division this year, but last year they didn't have Dak Prescott. But Washington won the division, and so what ended up happening, you know, they have three first-place games because, you know, now they have – they have to play. I think it was Buffalo. I think Buffalo or so. Uh, they get and two other games in the NFC. And so now all of a sudden they're three games tougher than all the other teams in their division. Yeah, John. This is uh, everybody in the NFL is so proud of this so-called parity, but it's manufactured parity that makes it very difficult on a team like the Seahawks, yeah. who are finishing high year in year out in their division, and they play these horrible matchups year after year. It just makes it very difficult to to repeat, yet they've done that. Yeah, they have, and that's why I don't think – and, again, uh, you know me. I cover the schedule probably as much as anybody in the uh, who covers the league – you know, because again, I'm always looking at the schedule. Because again, who has the toughest schedule? Like for example, I mean, and I, I, which is amazing to me. You look at the success in the AFC, right? You know, the fact that you now got uh, you know three, th- what three teams with winning records. You know, Cleveland, Baltimore, and uh, now Cincinnati. You know, you got Pittsburgh at 500. But they, all those teams in that division have. The toughest schedules, like Pittsburgh's schedule, is like 579, which is amazingly tough based on last year's record. But somehow, some way, you know, they they have right now the winningest division in the NFL. Yeah, and then all these primetime matchups that they scheduled uh, in the offseason that look good are not going to be good at the end of the year because all these first place teams beat up on each other. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, the Cardinals, they're doing well. Well, here's a correlation. They uh, finished in last place last year, and they're enjoying that easy schedule right to the top. It sure helps. There's no doubt about it. And then, of course, I mean, it does help in, like, say, the division matchups that you have. You know, you know this year, uh, even though you know, it looks like the, uh, the Seahawks have a good chance to go 3-1 and one against the AFC South, they're playing the AFC South. They're able to get Indy in the first game and win that one. They lost a close one to Tennessee. Yeah, they got Jacksonville next week, Houston later in the season. So they should go three and one in that. And then now it's a matter of matching up against the NFC North. And we're still waiting to see how good that division is going to be. You know, Minnesota's up and down. Chicago's up and down. Green Bay's Green Bay. And Detroit's the wor- one of the worst teams in football. It, it, that's going to be tough to match up against those teams. I, I don't care what anybody says. That Minnesota game, yeah. that, that's just one you got to throw out. They were like that. They were winless at that point. Uh-huh. They're a proud team. They're, they're going to win that game at home when they're winless. So you know we could throw that one out. But Seahawks are a few plays away from being you know in like a you know a Super Bowl contender here this year. I know that's extremely optimistic. Maybe I should pump the brakes a little bit there. Yeah, but again, you would agree, uh, you would you would agree with me that uh you know this is a must game and they must win i am i'm with you i'm with you thousand percent on that uh last week was a little tough of a must win uh but yeah this 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 one is is definitely getting there 
So, uh, yeah, but, you know, indications are looking good. So, uh, you know, like, uh, I forget somebody said, I think yesterday, uh-huh. that, like, Seattle's still in preseason mode. You know, they're, they're, they need to, you know, gel a little bit more. You know, everybody was taking it easy in the preseason. But so, you know, hopefully, you know, Gino's going to be even better this time out and they'll, they'll get, they'll win this one. Yeah, yeah, you would hope so. And again, it's like this one's going to be critical. Certainly, it's going to. They've got to have Alex Collins back. You know, to have the running game because the one thing the Saints do is they do a great job of stopping the run, and that's the strength they have. And they make such an emphasis on that. And if it's going to be one-dimensional, where they're going to have to pass the ball, you know, sixty, seventy percent of the time, then they're going to be in trouble, particularly with the backup quarterback. I don't care how good Geno Smith is; it's still going to be tough. Hey, it was tough last year and parts of this year when Russell Wilson has to pass the ball more than 60% of the time because when you pass the ball too much and not run the ball successfully what ends up happening you get turnovers I am a huge fan of what Alex Collins brings it was apparent in the I think it was the second half last game mm-hmm. when he when he just took over yeah. huge fan also Rashad Penny I yeah. have high hopes hope he can bounce back from his injury and just be electric a few indications on the you know pointing up here, so let's hope it's a big win. Yeah, they and they, and they need it. I mean, again, this is this is going to be critical. I mean, it's going to be a lot of pressure on this team. I mean, you can see that the the tension's already there. Fan base is already you know question. And then of course, what you also wonder about is how's the weather going to be? Because I know initially a week ago it was supposed to be dry and a little bit chilly. Now they're talking about we got the winds coming up tonight, and then of course we may have rain in the game on Monday night. That's going to make it tough. Well, it's giving me something to look forward to on Monday after yeah. you know, starting the work week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Because, again, it's like, hey, it's football, it's the Seahawks, it's an important game. And, again, a win will solve a lot of different things because now that would put them at 3-4 and four with Jacksonville, who they should beat pretty easily. That's 4-4, four and four, and they have a chance to bounce back. And, you know, I know that uh, I think Robbie Wagner and others talked about how they bounced back in 2015 from the 2-4 and four season. And I don't see it being that much different because the one thing I still look at is that you look at the NFC and there's only six teams currently with winning records. And if that's going to be the case, you've got seven playoff spots. So there's an open playoff spot, maybe two depending on you know, what ends up happening this weekend, is that the, you know, the playoff spots give the chance to try to count and bounce back. And there's an extra playoff spot this year. Am I right about that? No, there was last year, and so it's like the second okay. straight. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's seven playoff spots. So yeah, I mean it's it's in their favor if they can turn it around. It, it's a big ask though, considering that you know it's one of those years where everything's just been going uh, wrong. Right. But let's see if they can okay. bounce back. It's early. Yeah, Julie. Really, thanks, John. I hope you have a good rest of the day. Hey, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Definitely give us a call here as we try to do it. We can also take your text questions, taking your text questions at uh, 421, uh, 206-421-ESPN on the Mac and Jack's text line. From the 206, do you think that uh, we could see the NFL season expand again in the near future, maybe 20, 20 weeks and have a second bye week for every team? No. I don't think the players are going to go for it. They were reluctant to go for the 17th game. They're going to be reluctant to go for the 18th game and to think that you can have another extra week or so. I don't see it happening because, again, the players, rightfully so, are worried about injuries because the longer you go, and particularly later in the season, the more chance you have of injuries. So I don't see that happening. It'd be nice for us to be able to eliminate the preseason games and have more regular season games, but I don't see it happening. 360, any news on Wilson when you see him back on the field? I mean, according to Pete Carroll yesterday, things are encouraging. I know on Monday or Tuesday, he's having the pins taken out of his finger. And so the plan right now is to get him ready after the bye week for the Green Bay game. And right now, I think he's on path to possibly do that. From the 425, will the Seahawks playing Monday night, should they, what, what, what should be watching on Sunday? Just watch the games. I mean, there's you know, obviously some good games that'll be there. You want to watch as many as you possibly can. So I would do that. And so from the 253, Professor, with Russell Wilson out, how do you see the NFC West shaking out this season? Well, right now, I think it's a battle 
with uh, Seattle trying to see if they can make the third team as the uh, wild card team in this coming from this division. It's between Arizona and the Rams. Arizona's got one win over the Rams, and so you put all that together. I think that you can see that uh, you know I, I don't know if Arizona can sustain this. We know the Rams can because they're a good team and they got Matthew Stafford at quarterback. But uh, you know I think it's a two-way division. And again, what I worry about with the 49ers, even though they could be the third team in this division to go to the playoffs. I just concerned about their injuries because like, for example, it just doesn't stop. I mean, you know, uh, the Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, missed the last game. You know, they've got injuries in the secondary. Now this week, you know, Trent Williams isn't going to be able to play because of an ankle injury. They won't have uh, Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle. He's got a knee injury. So you put all that stuff together, and it eventually catches up to you. And so because of that, uh, you, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, you, you, you can get healthy. But they haven't been healthy for the last couple of years. So we'll see where that ends up going. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Dave Grosby joining us here at the bottom of the hour. And, of course, remember, we're only here till 1030. That's why we need to load up those phone lines because, you know, we're going to have a shorter show. we got the, you know, the Washington State pregame show at 1030 with Washington State, you know, playing at 1230. Let's go to Chris in Everett. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, John? How's it going? Hey, I know last time I called was I, I got my new phone. It's off. Yeah. Counselor. Anyways, um, yeah, the Seahawks. Can the Seahawks beat the Saints on Monday Night Football? Tomorrow? Yeah, they can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. Can they? Yes. Will they? Okay. I don't know. I mean, again, you know, there's so many things uncertain, and really, it's uncertain for both teams because I mean, you look at the Saints and you look at all the injuries that they've had. Now, again, <clears throat> they're at the stage this week. You know, with seven guys that have been designated to possibly come off the injured reserve list, you know, they're going to get a little bit healthier. I mean, for example, they may have Quam Alexander at linebacker. They may have Marcus Davenport. You know, they may get DeQuell Smith, uh, you know, at wide receiver. So, you know, they may get a little healthier, and they're not going to get all seven guys back. But, uh, they, you know, they've been certainly going in one of the most shorthanded teams in the National Football League, yet, even though they've been up and down, they've got a 3-2 and two record. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Huskies are one of three and four. So yeah. I, I yeah, I doubt they go to the playoffs, uh, but no, definitely something in the future they will. Hey, got another question about the um Cardinals. Do you yeah. think they might run off it kinda of looks like it to me, but I'm not sure about you, Professor. Um, do you think the Cardinals might run off and get a first round buying the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl? Could. They could. I mean, because again, right now, I mean it's like anything else. This is a quarterback driven league. And right now, Kyler Murray's playing some of the best quarterback in this league. And if that continues and their defense stays the way it has, then they do have a decent chance of getting a high seed and winning the division. <clears throat> Still comes down to, you know, can they stay ahead of the Rams? Because I think the Rams have a better team. I think, you know, certainly I know their defense has not performed anywhere close to where it was last year, but they got Matthew Stafford at quarterback and they got uh, Sean McVay coaching. So you put all that together and there's a decent chance that they can, you know, you know, make that run. But uh, we'll see. It's not right now a two way race in this division for the top. Mm. Hey, um, Seahawks, um, I know last week or I think it was this week you yeah. said um, about the Seahawks. Do you think they might get to the wild card? Yeah, I think they have a chance. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot's going to depend on this week's game because all of a sudden, if you're talking, you know, five wins and, uh, you know, now the margin of error goes down or five losses if they lose, you know, then you know, what you're talking about, it's going to be that much tougher because I think, you know, I, I know last year Chicago made it at eight and eight. You know, maybe you can get a nine and eight team to be able to make it this year with the 17th game being added. Uh, but you only have six teams right now in the uh, NFC that have winning records. And if that's the case and you can have a winning record, then you have a chance to make it in. Hmm. So, we, 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 I mean, I know we could beat the Saints and the yeah. Jaguars. And then, um, um, okay, so Russell Wilson, he might come back probably like week 
10 or 11. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Green Bay game after the bye, I think you can see. Yeah. He's going to have the pins removed next week, you know, from his finger. And then, of course, they have the bye week after the Jacksonville game. And so that should be enough time for him to at least try to get healthy enough to be able to play. And then um, did you and Bob and Dave Wyman from yesterday's show – I always listen to a four o'clock yeah. professor, so uh-huh. um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of you. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think you've been um, so the rookie. I know you guys were talking about him, and then like day one is like, oh, I haven't heard anything about Xridge. I can't. Yeah. The rookie of the wide receiver mm-hmm. is he gonna be back next couple of weeks? Or I don't know. I, I don't know because again, he's still. You know, has the concussion problem and hasn't come off the concussion protocol and all those different things. And so I think it's a big concern because it's been this long since he's been on the injured list. So it's like, yeah, wow. I'm st- still concerned about that. Mm. Um, have you heard anything about Ken Griffey Jr. recently or about like what is he doing? I know he lives in Florida. Yeah. I know he has the office up here, perhaps Hitchcock Field, but. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got a consultant job with the uh, the Mariners, so uh, sounds like you know he's still involved. He's still doing good. The times he's in town has been great. I mean, you know, he's got great popularity. Obviously, I mean, I go back uh, and again, I'm I'm a little bit uh, biased on this one because uh, you know he went to Denora, PA, and of course I used to sit next to one of the guys that was one of his handlers when he was growing up. And, uh, you know, at the Seahawks games in the, in the auxiliary press box. And so, yeah, I'm biased. But again, I mean, you're still talking about one of the greatest players in the history of this league, you know, a Hall of Famer without question, and a guy that uh, is still val- and still valuable to this team. Yeah. Hey, one more question. I'll yeah. let you go, Professor. Um, so, um, who now? Who is the? Oh gosh! So oh my goodness! Uh, I'm trying to think of it. It's a the quarterback who, um, who's the number one quarterback back in the day and now? Uh-huh. I, what I'm trying to say is, um, gosh, I don't remember what's the word. <laughs> um, uh, man. Well, anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can't remember, but I could tell you some other time. Hey, you have a great day. Oh, hey, um, did you guys want for a date night with um, with your wife or no? Yeah, no, I, we had to skip last night. Uh, Pat was not feeling well, and so she stayed in bed, and we did not go out for Friday night date night. Okay. Oh, and, and now just some, now I just popped pop oh. in there like in my head. So now I got it, Professor. Um, who is the greatest? Now this is a question I was going to ask you. Who was the greatest quarterback of all time right now? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Oh wow. Who's in second? Hmm. I think you you have to kind of you know go with uh, maybe Joe Montana. I mean that, that's that's a consideration. You know, or you know because again he was so great. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's like you know Joe Montana certainly has got to be right up in there. So it's like yeah, it's like but overall, I mean you know Tom Brady I think right now is the greatest. Uh, okay, and one more question. I'll let you go for sure, Professor. Who's favored in Seattle? The Seahawks or the Saints? Saints are favored. I think they. Oh, are. Wow. I mean, now and again, I don't study the odds at all. I mean, again, sometimes I'll look at them, sometimes I won't. But I think right now mm. the Saints are like I don't know three point favorites or whatever. Yeah. All right, Professor. You have a great weekend and go Hawks. Hey, thank you so much. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Dave Grosby coming up next. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. It is time for our weekly dose of the Gros with Dave Grosby. And so, David, how are you today? John, doing all right. How are you, buddy? Hanging in there, hanging in there. So, um... How, uh, when you look at this game, I mean, obviously it's worrisome because we just don't know week to week what Seahawks defense you're going to see. Mm-hmm. But this game against New Orleans is vital. I think it's a must win. How do you look at this game against the Saints on Monday night? Well, I agree. I said the same thing last week. And when you looked at the number of games they were going to play without uh-huh. Russell Wilson, this was the one that, that, that kind of looked like it would be one that they could get. I, I mean, one that would, would tip the scales one way or the other. Um, I think uh, it's Monday night, and it's at home, and that, that, that adds a lot to it. you got Geno Smith now with a 
you know, with, with a full start uh, under under his belt, and and um, so he's a little more familiar with how things are. Of course, Chris Carson being out adds to it, and Rashad Penny. Uh, I watched his press conference yesterday. I mean, he he sounds ready at least, so he, he's something of an X factor they can add to the mix. But you know, I think you you hit the nail on the head at the start, John, as you always do. Uh, what this game is going to come down to is can they defensively get the job done against New Orleans? Uh, you know, can the defense rise up and and play well? And you know, they've they've done it in, in patches, they've done it in quarters. They, they you could argue at Pittsburgh they probably had their their best overall game, and, and that wasn't particularly good. But you know, we'll see what happens. This is going to be a, it's going to be a serious challenge, and um, you know, uh, absolutely right in saying that that this this game I I think kind of you have to say tips the season unless. We're looking at a collapse in the in the NFC West uh, the second half of the season, which I don't see coming. You're probably going to play your way out of playoff possibilities if you can't win this game on Monday. Yeah, no question about it. And you know, it, it's it's what's weird about this game is that uh, you look at the Saints. I mean, the great job that Sean Payton has done in getting this team to three and two, despite starting the season down at least nine starters from last year and then losing starters during the course of the season. Now they're going to get some guys back this week, but still this is a team right now that's very challenged as far as their depth. But the one thing that they don't have is receivers. You know, Michael Thomas, their only really good wide receiver is out. He's injured and not going to be back this week. And they're, they have three you know, other uh, undrafted uh, wide receivers that uh, are starting for him. And those receivers, there's not one of them that has more than 13 catches. And so, I mean, you can't imagine that the Seahawks secondary is going to get destroyed by these wide receivers. And if they do, it's bad on Seattle. Well, you don't want to imagine it, John. How about that? Yeah. You, You don't want to. You can. You certainly can, based on some stuff you've seen earlier in the year. But, you know, I, I'm eager to see Trey Brown play another game. He was really, really good last week. Uh, I thought in his, considering it was it was his debut, and and um, you know, since they're struggling with pass rush uh, and struggling on all aspects of defense a little bit, that's something that should work out in their favor. But you know, the other thing uh, that that the Saints have going for him, and you you said his name was Sean Payton, who is an extremely, extremely. Uh, um, talented for lack of a better word and there really really is the perfect word yeah a talented uh, offensive mind i mean he just he is a, he is a guy that that um, has had some time now uh to to kind of pick it at, at what what is a weak defense and uh you know has got some weapons uh, to use even though you're right they're weak at wide receivers so uh, i would expect over the seahawks to see some some strange sets some strange plays and uh, see the saints throw everything with the kitchen sink at him on monday yeah, you would have to think so because that's the way Sean can work because, again, I mean, he does such a great job. And, I mean, I'd have to say right now that uh, with all the problems that they've had in the team, the fact that they had to spend a month in Dallas because of the hurricane, I mean, uh, to be able to keep this thing together as good as it is to come into this game at 3-2 and two has been remarkable. Yeah, and it's uh, it speaks to, you know, what, what um, you know, from a sports standpoint, what – what teams are good at, you know, when when you you got something that you can rally against, a rally for, say, you know, not not necessarily the the usual one of everyone's against us, but you know, we're all in this together sort of sort of scenario that the Saints have probably lived with. It does make a difference, and you know, the the, the most important team, or excuse me, the most important thing in, in pro sports is confidence, and um, the Saints are are, are are an organization much like the Seahawks. Uh, when you look at them over the past decade, that their their habit is winning. I mean, they, they're, they're an organization that's used to winning, uh, with most of the players having been there for a few years, used to winning. And, and teams like that find ways to win. Uh, that was really, I thought, was really um, prominent in, in the Seahawks game with Pittsburgh, you know, a game where they, they could have just absolutely rolled over. I mean, it's kind of like the Huskies last night. You know, could have just rolled over and lost, but but because the Seahawks are, are, are a team that's used to winning, you know, they, they bounced back, they came back, and that, that that's the Saints. I mean, the, the adversity, uh, you know, is something that, that is strength on, on a winning organization. A losing organization, it can create and usually does chaos, but uh, for a winning organization, it, it can make you better. So uh, make no mistake about it. It's going to be a difficult matchup on Monday. Yeah, it really is going to be. And, of course, we don't know exactly what the weather is going to be because, you know, I don't know. If, if, have you found it strange this year? Now, obviously, I'm in a different state right now as far as, you know, the weather because it was so hot and so humid. I ended up getting allergies for the longest time, and I've never had allergies before in my life until this year. And so it's like now, I mean, you know, there's been 
so much of the prediction of rain, 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 and it seems like it's always delayed, which, of course, is great because I'd rather have it not <laughs> rain. But what's going on with all the forecast of rain? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I do know that I had, a, I had a good buddy of mine who I worked with a long time ago said this was one of the most difficult places in the world to predict weather. Because, you know, when weather comes in over the Pacific, it comes in over a, over a glacier and over a rainforest. And, and, you know, to try and predict what it's going to happen when it comes to Seattle is is very difficult to do. Isn't there supposed to be some sort of, uh, you know, cyclone bomb or something like that that's happening? And, and yeah, high like winds, 40, mi- sure. 40, 40, now, 40 miles an hour or more tonight. Let's hope that doesn't happen because I don't want to lose my power, you know, <laughs> lose the ability to watch TV, all those different things. That would be a big factor if you had 40-mile-an-hour winds for the game on Monday, though, that's for sure. Yeah, but again, it's like, and that's the, that's the thing. It's like uh, so often, and that's why, for example, I know that the initial forecast was it was going to be dry and chilly on Monday, and now with the delay in the rain, you know, now the rain may carry over till Monday night. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, maybe, maybe at the end of the day it would be something that would benefit the Seahawks uh, to have sloppy conditions when – when uh, although it, it never really gets sloppy, yeah. that field is so so it's such good shape. Uh, that wouldn't necessarily be the case, but um, you know why not throw in some crazy weather for a Monday night game? Yeah, no doubt. And of course, I mean, you know, the fans have to you know grin and bear it and uh, try to see what they can do to try to at least you know keep themselves dry if necessary. And of course, the one thing is you don't you know with the weather you know that could certainly play into you know how the offense goes. But again, you you look at the Saints and what. I mean, Jameis Winston's their quarterback, former top pick in the draft, really talented, but they've been so conservative with him because I think there's only been one game where he's thrown 25 or uh, more than 25 passes. Well, that's smart. I mean, uh, you know, remember what he did before he left Tampa was lead lead the league in interceptions, I think, didn't he? His last year in Tampa had 25, so... It makes sense for them to try and try and uh, keep it conservative for him and and uh, spoon feed him that offense uh, to take uh, full advantage of what of what he can do. And um, you know I'm not worried about the fans, John. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you know getting back on that, they're they're used to it and they're, they're getting the chance tonight to to all of a sudden. I tweeted out yesterday that yesterday was the last day that there was a debate about what's the loudest arena in the NHL because everyone tonight is going to find out what the loudest arena in the NHL is. It's going to be Climate Pledge as uh, as the Kraken make their debut tonight, and that's the one thing that I'm confident in predicting is is a loud crowd. No doubt. So what do you think of the Kraken? I know they're off to a one and four start. Obviously, having five games in a row haven't haven't helped. But uh, what do you right. what do you think of their start and how good of a team is this? Uh, I think they're going to be fine when when it all shakes down. I think they have a little bit of problems uh, scoring goals at the moment, but um, uh, and I also think starting first five on the road is really tough. So uh, I think when they get into the groove a little bit, this is going to be a playoff team. It's uh, it's not a particularly tough um, con- look. Look, this is this is actually a pretty pretty. I mean, it's we're just five games in, so we, yeah. we don't get carried away yet. But um, Vancouver is going to be a pretty good acid test. Uh, you know, they're they haven't been playing particularly well. They 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 aren't looking particularly good. They know them, the Kraken. They played them a couple of times. Uh, in the uh, in the preseason, so so this will be a, a good test to see how they fit with the, with the group out west. But I think that they're going to find that that uh, playing in front of a Seattle crowd, as the Seahawks know and as the Mariners found out uh, uh, towards the end of this year, is um, is one of the best experiences you can have in sports. It's uh, it's something that that people have been here as long as you have, John, almost you know 30 plus years. And one thing I do know is that people. Uh, take being the loudest seriously, and and whether it's a Husky game, whether it's a Storm game, whether it's whether it's a Washington uh, Husky f- uh, basketball game, you know, you pick the game, you know, fans have made the difference, and and I think that they're going to be they're going to be just electrified by by the response they're going to get from people tonight, and I, I think also, you know, I had a chance to look at it a few months ago. I think uh, the fans who go are just going to be blown away by by what 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 that arena is and what it, what it you know bodes for the future. So it's an exciting night tonight for sure yeah it really is and so i think that's going to be you know the great part about all of this and one of the great things about you know and of course i mean it's a historic moment because finally for the first time you got major hockey here in this town well since uh since the metropolitans yeah. uh, and and what i think is kind of cool about it john i was in sacramento when 
when they brought the Kings in, uh, which was uh, a team that had obviously been playing in Kansas City and had a history before that. And, you know, you don't normally get, uh, or it's rare in, in these days to get an expansion team that, that's never been anywhere. And, and I think that's that's kind of a, a cool thing that Seattle has. Um, you know, it's not necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, you know, you look at L.A., you look at San Francisco, and you look at, excuse me, other cities up and down the coast, not Portland because they just got the Blazers. Mm-hmm. And uh, most every other city is is is, is, is poached a team from somewhere else you know has gotten a team from 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 another town you know in, in LA it's it's just about all of them and in San Francisco it's of course the Giants and the A's for that matter uh you know Seattle hasn't you know Seattle has, has originated all their teams so I, I think it's kind of cool that that you're getting an expansion team here that the history starts uh with uh with the Kraken uh for, for the NHL here in Seattle and and again I, I expect a a wild night tonight it's going to be a lot of fun University of Washington was able to get the win last night on a Friday night against Arizona. What would you, what was your thoughts? I, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. But, You're lucky, uh, John. It was pretty bad to watch. Oh. Well, you know, <laughs> well Arizona is probably the worst team playing Division One football, and they've lost oh, wow. 18 in a row. And they were down. Uh, I think they were down to their third string quarterback and, and minus their, their top tailbacks. And and um, they almost ran Washington off the field in the first half. Uh, you know, I credit Washington. For, for not rolling over. I mean, they were down 13 to nothing, outgained 145 to 65. Oh. Um, you know, it was it was just awful, and um, they managed to come back and win. Now it was against a bad team. Uh, it was nothing nothing to be excited about. But the fact of the matter is, it was a win, not a loss. They did come back and get it. So um, I'll give them credit for that. Uh, I, I like the fact that they they you know they showed a little bit of. Uh, of that in the second half, but boy, when you watch the first half of that game, John, after that first half, it was, let me tell you something, it was as bad as anything in the winless season of 2008. Uh, you know, you really thought that that uh, the program had hit its low point, and, and um, you know, maybe it had, because um, they did manage to come back and, and, and scrape out a win, which is something hopefully they can build on, because, um, you know, the, it was just, the alternative is, is too painful to consider. Uh, it was... Um, it was a comeback win, and that's a good thing on the road, no matter how bad the team is. Now, Washington State's pregame is going to be beginning at uh, 10.30, yeah. uh, 12.30 game for Washington State. But, of course, we haven't had a chance to talk to, the, to talk to this on the air. But, you know, your thoughts on Tim Rolovich and the fact that he got fired for not getting a vaccine. I thought it was um, – I'm, I'm in the camp of those who think it was, it was pretty selfish uh, on his standpoint, and, and he kind of left the team – in a lurch, and I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I think he could have made his, his intentions clearer earlier. Um, he could have made his intentions clearer. He never did make them clear for that matter. He just he just did what he did. And, you know, I heard some of the criticism from others about it, and, and I agree with most of it. I think, you know, I think it's really, really unfortunate for the team. Um, and I'm curious to see how, how they bounce back against BYU because, uh, you know, I have no doubt that, that lots of guys in the team like the coach. I mean, you know, he, he they, they gave him a big Gatorade bath when they pulled off their win last week. Uh, they got a tough matchup with BYU this week, and, and I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping they can bounce back, but uh, I think it was uh, it was just a, it was a lousy situation uh, that, that Rolovich uh, – you know, I'm not going to say created for himself, but, uh, you know, he kind of did create it for himself. And, and um, I think it's, it's it's too bad for those kids. We'll see. We'll see if, if we talked. We, we, we're coming full circle on the segment. We talked about resilience and, and um, you know, maybe maybe Washington State will have a chance to show some of their own today. Yeah, and you're right about that. I mean, again, the selfishness of what he did. Now, of course, he's suing the university because I'm sure they're trying to take away his $3 million a year pay, paycheck. Of course. But, of course, they but they should. But it's like. I mean, can you tell me you're you're an employee for the state in some ways, in the sense that you're going, you're coaching at a college and state uh, university, state university, and all that stuff. And of course, uh, you know, the mandate is going to start. What is it? The 25th, as far as if you go to a restaurant, you have to show a vaccinated card, or you have to show the ability that you've had a test for COVID in the last several days. And it's like, uh, and you have to have a positive, you know, have to have a, you know, a negative test on that. It's like, and he's a coach out there every day with his players, and he doesn't get vaccinated. No, and you know, I mean, I don't know if he was expecting special treatment. And I credit Washington State for, for you know, saying that everyone who put in for a religious uh, exemption was, uh, it was a blind judging thing that they judged it by, so that they didn't. They didn't have any. He didn't have any, um, you know, special consideration because he was a football coach, and maybe that's what he thought would save him at the end, and, and at the end it did not save him. 
Could you understand the idea that it's like uh, he's he he wanted no vaccine and he had it for religious regions? I mean, I know he's a Catholic and all that stuff, but isn't that the silliest argument you can have? Well, they're probably sillier ones, but you know it was clearly not found to be uh, not found to be palatable by those who judged it. So uh, it's um, it's uh, just a head scratcher for me, yeah. John. I just don't you know don't understand not doing it. But but even if you're not going to do it, I don't understand going about it the way you went about it because it, at the end of the day, it hurts the team. So now, what's on the agenda for the Gras? Uh, just, uh, trying to avoid the, the cyclone bomb, Yeah. right? It's going to, it's going to rain. It's going to be windy soon. Right, John? Right. That's right. Right. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go bad because I don't want to lose power and I want to lose the ability to watch TV. It's like all those different things, you know, it's so important right now to be able to come back and be able to, you know, do whatever. So let's, let's hope it's not going to be too bad. Hey, everybody. And that's our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. Dave, have yourself a great weekend. You too, John. Talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. <coughs> and again, we're on till 1030. So short show today because of the Washington State pregame show. They're going to go Washington State pregame at 1030. So it's like, let's go to Rick in Twin Lakes. Hey, Rick. Uh, good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Actually, I'm recovering. I'm Uh-oh. Um, kind what? of sick um, earlier in the week. What, what, so what much did... so I went and took a COVID test. Uh-huh. It actually came back nev- negative. Thank you. That's good. It went real quick. I, uh, we went there about 1230 yesterday, and by this morning I had results. That's good. That's so amazing. What, what 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 seems to be ailing? Oh, it's just cold for cold and flu symptoms. Okay. You know, it was really you know cough and fever and chills and all mm-hmm, that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm it broke this morning. That's good. So I'm feeling better. Um, um, which um uh, brings me to the Washington State coach. The thing that gets me is that he is supposed to be the leader of young men. Mm-hmm. And you mean to tell me he doesn't have any vaccinations? Like the ones we all got before, prior to going to school, for like smallpox and all that other stuff that we get. You know, all those vaccinations where they shoot yeah. you in the arm and you get yeah. the scab on it. But, you know, it, it's just amazing that there's so much bad information out about the vaccine. Um, my wife and I, we've, we already, we've had three shots already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with me being in that uh, age category. But um, I, I just don't see it. Uh, the, the, the thing is, if you either get the shot or you're going to get sick. No, I agreed. And again, I mean, it's not and, and to me, it's so selfish in the standpoint that you affect your family, you affect the people that you work with, you affect everybody else. And it's like uh, if you end up getting a positive test uh, and you have more chances of that, if you don't, if you haven't had the vaccine, to me, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. Sooner or later, it's going to get you. Yeah. But um, um, having said all that, I was listening with uh, some amusement Um when you were talking about uh, early in the week about losing all your video and everything? Yeah. Uh, was that on uh, like a TiVo or a DVR? No. No, because, again, it, it's DirecTV, and DirecTV, I mean, you, you tape, and it saves, but there's nothing that, uh, you know, you, there, there's, no, there's nothing you can do on DirecTV, and this is DirecTV only, uh-huh. that can protect it. So, like, oh, for example, okay. Nothing, nothing. One of the things that I did... They they uh, years ago they made these um, DVR recorders, a uh, DVD recorders. You can actually record the stuff that you have saved on on your uh, on your uh, on your box from from uh, Directv. You can actually record those, but that's, yeah, but they, that's they, down no, but, the road. But, but they but they said, I mean, they told me, and again, obviously, I've been in a lot of conversations with them uh, in the last week. Is that uh, that it doesn't work on Directv? I mean, you can't put it on iCloud. I mean, you can't retape. There's nothing you can do huh. on DirecTV to protect the th- the 12 years of uh, you know precious memories and different things that I that I saved through the years. Huh. None, zero. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to bring up was the um, the coaching. Um, just talking about uh, yeah. somebody called in talking about uh, black coaches and blah blah this and blah blah that. Um, the only thing uh, worse than not having any black coaches is having the wrong black coach. Because they will use that as an example. Said, see, see, you can't hire these guys. They don't know nothing. They don't do nothing. They can't lead. 
And um, that's why a lot of uh, coaches don't get rehired once they get a head coaching job. Now, you bring up Ken Norton. I have no problem personally with Ken Norton. I just like football. I like good football. And I go to the games not because there's a black coach there. I go there to see the Seahawks win. I mean, that's my team. I've been watching them for years. But um, And I said before, um, I, I got nothing personally against Norton. I think he's an excellent linebacker coach. But as far as the big uh, picture as a defensive coordinator, I think he has some shortcomings. That's all. I don't want to run the man into the ground because, you know, he's got enough problems digging out of this hole that, yeah. that he seems to be in again this year. But um, but, but by the way, do you, do you stand by where I, I position myself? Because, you know, everybody wants everybody fired now. Well, like I, 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 and, and I, I don't go for it. It's like, hey. If anything happens to Ken Norton Jr., and it could, it happens after the season. Or maybe it should have happened before the season, but they won 12 games last year. Well, so I gave you my solution. I said to bring in some help. Yeah. And one of the guys, yeah, the guy that I mentioned was Wade Phillips. I yeah. mean, he's unemployed right now. He's sitting around. But just bring in somebody else and to bounce things off of him, mm-hmm. maybe kind of just steer him in the right direction. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, that I can agree with. I think that would be a very good idea. Yeah. But, again, the idea of firing him now – I don't I don't go for it. And again, I want to support black coaches as much as possible because I mean, here it is it's like what 60-70% of the league are black players and again, I mean, what do we have? Two or three black coaches? I mean, yeah, it's like and then of course, I mean, you you bring up the idea it's like okay, so if a black coach struggles and then it hurts other coaches, I mean, uh, David Curley is down there in Houston on a horrible team, and it's not his fault. And then, you know, he'll take the fall, which is unfortunate for what's going to be a bad season. Yeah. Um, and the other subject that came up was the um, the uh, Congress getting involved with the NFL. Yeah. I think they should because the NFL is a billion-dollar industry, and they're in multiple states. And they're basically unregulated. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they're um, taking advantage of um, these young girls. Um, I mean, what if it was your daughter or your niece or yeah. whatever? And they and they they got pictures of them, and they're passing these things around. And um, it's, just, it's just totally disgusting. And they're supposed to have an investigation that's a sham. Mm-hmm. And the owners are never held to account. I mean, I give you the New England owner who got busted. Uh, in a sex thing, you know, kind of like Mitch in the morning, uh, got busted. But yeah. you know, he did hard. Uh, he did. Uh, he lost his job. But but the owners and, and the rich guys, they never do. Mm-hmm. So the only people that can actually hold them accountable is Congress. And um, I, I, you know, I disagree with a lot of things they're doing and things they should be doing. They got a lot of work uh, stuff on their plate right now. But they're the only ones that can really. Um, because, you know, not only the sex thing, it's yeah. the racial thing. He's talking about the guy's lips and just, you know, just it's just a good old boy. I mean, emails, how could you say stuff like that in an email? You know, my parents would say to me, don't say anything in public that you wouldn't want to, in private that you right. wouldn't want to put in a newspaper. Agreed. You know, I mean, you you got to be, there's certain uh, things about, um, you know, having certain morals about things and, and treating people the way you want mm-hmm. to be treated. But um, all I got to say is I hope the Seahawks win on Monday night. I'm going to be there as uh, long as I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm in the club level, and I'm sitting way back, and I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm covered, man. There you go. The hey. wind would have to be blowing sideways to get me, so I'll there be there. Go. Hey, Rick, thank you, and uh, thank you for the phone call. Uh, Marcus in uh, Puyallup, stay on the line. We'll get to you right after we get through a break. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And again, we're here at 1030. That's when Washington State's pregame begins. Uh, Taking your phone calls, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Marcus in Puyallup. Hey, Marcus. What's up, John? How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. You know, I wanted to talk about um, our um, player-friendly future Hall of Famer head coach, yeah. Pete Carroll. Right. Um, Pete, Pete Pete has a he's he's had a um, he's had a, a pretty good career here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, and and in his time his time here in Seattle, we've heard pound fire shoddy, pound fire Ken, pound fire bevel, pound fire Tom Cable. We've never heard pound fire Pete, even though 
most of the blunders have been on Pete's shoulders. You know, the, the inability to uh, adjust at halftime, the inability to field a serviceable o- o- offensive line. I believe Dwayne Brown was the most notable pickup that we've made in the last decade. And uh, we have not, he's done almost nothing to, other than, you know, D. Lou and Gabe Jackson that we're doing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like his, his, his run first, like, we're seeing it that teams that run first are typically not winning Super Bowls. They're, 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 they're getting into the playoffs, but, that, then, but then that's where the buck stops. You know, if, if any team that's not ran by team, Tom Brady, um, run first isn't just going to work. And then you look at our division now and our, our lack of receivers. We have DK and Tyler, and that's it. And that's it. Look at the cards. They have a platoon of receivers over there. Look at the Rams. They got a platoon of receivers over. Even the Niners, they got, they got receivers that they can count on outside of their top two. Well, I I, I, know, I, 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 I disagree. I, I disagree on the 49ers. I mean, I, it's like you know, because Sheffield, huh? Trent Sheffield's legit. Who's that? Trent Sheffield, Sherfield, however you say his last uh, name. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on him yet. I mean, certainly Debo Samuel is fantastic. But uh, Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. has been up and down all year, and uh, you know I'm, I'm not sold totally on Sheffield yet because again I kind of could put him in the category that uh, you know it's like uh, with, with uh, Freddie Swain and guys like that. But it's like no, I, I mean they've got they've got one really good receiver, and I think that's it. And obviously they have George Kittle, but he's on injured reserve right now. But uh, you know uh, yeah he, yeah, but again, you're you're, you're right on the uh, Rams, you know because. You know, they've been able to get some stuff out of 34-year-old uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm just – at what point, in your opinion – this is why I'm calling, really. Is that at what point, in your opinion, does Seattle – because, you know, Pete has full control of the team. Right. Who who can fire him if he needs to be fired? How does that happen? What does that look like? And who – like, talk to me. Jody Allen's the one who would fire him. I mean, if you, and, and she's sure not she, interested in it, and she didn't pay attention enough to fire him. No, I agree. And so it's like, and it's, like, and it's like, say what you want. I mean, this season isn't over yet. I know this season doesn't look good, and there's more than a glowing chance that this team will not make the playoffs. But again, they won 12 games last year, but they've only missed, I think, mm-hmm. one playoff since Pete Carroll's been coached. You know, it's like, but now you do have fans talking about the idea of firing Pete Carroll, and I think, come on, man, that's ridiculous. So so I'm actually in the minority, and I believe that Pete Carroll is actually a great coach and that we are going to be in the playoffs this year. I believe okay. that in my bottom of my heart. I actually put a, I put $1,000 in Vegas on it because of the odds were in my favor. Okay. Um, so I really, I really believe it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, knocking him for, his, for that. I'm knocking him for his ability to keep us in games and to not be outcoached. Sean McVay outcoaches Pete Carroll regularly. Regularly. It's like, and like you'll see Tyler Lockett, and I'm like, oh, they just had a better game plan than we did. Like, mm-hmm. not that they're a better team. They just had a better game plan. They have, they've fielded a better team. We went into this season knowing that we needed DB help. We went into this season knowing we needed linebacker help. Like, not signing KJ Wright didn't make any sense. Not trying to bring in some solid quarterback help didn't make any sense. You know, Jamal Adams looked like a he looked like a superstar in New York, and he looks like a bum in Seattle. You know, and like out in coverage only. And like yeah. in, out, outside of coverage, Jamal looks legit, but in coverage, he looks lost. It's almost like what's happening in training camp that that, you, that this kid looks different now. What's happened? Mm-hmm. You know, and I and so you can't really put your your hand on it, your eye or whatever the case may be. So I'm trying to get a a, a good understanding of where, what direction. What's the best course? I know a friend of mine said, he goes, if you can show me a Hall of Fame head coach to replace Pete, then I'm, I'll then I'll talk. But until then, I don't want to hear it. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, uh, do we think that uh, what's the head coach out in um, the cards? Do we think at, at some point he's going to be a Hall of Fame head coach? Cliff Probably Kingsbury? not. No. It's my, no. I don't think he will ever be a, head, a Hall of Famer. I don't think he has it in him. He just he built a team full of superstars. Mm-hmm. That's what they have right now, and that's why they're under. That's why they're undefeated because they have a team full of superstars. As soon as they pay Kyler, they can't pay all the other people that they have right now. Right, agreed. Yeah. So, but again, okay, so, it's like they're enjoying this season, and Kyler Murray in his third year has done a phenomenal job. So that has to be encouraging. Yeah, and then I also wanted to bring up another another mm-hmm. point. So your 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 idea is that you don't want to fire people. 
but I also want to bring up. I was watching. I'm a. I usually keep ESPN on my TV and I watch it on a regular basis. Right. I do not usually change it. Uh, I was in the background and I was listening to some uh, some of the analysts, and I started noticing that there's a big. There's been a big turnover. Like, uh, it, they they've 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 shifted from people who actually know football to people who it doesn't appear that they know what they're talking about. They they can't explain coverages to me. They don't recognize that someone was in cover four as opposed to a cover two. They don't know the difference between the two, and I'm just trying to figure out as to why that's happening. Uh, I mean, again, <clears throat> economics, because, again, I mean, I, and I was all part of this myself because I, we, I was that first group of 100 that was let go for economic reasons. And so what what's ends up happening is that, uh, you know, and uh, I'm thankful. I mean, again, I love ESPN and still do nice. i mean they were so good to me you know they've set up you know a great life for myself a great career for myself and all those different things but again you know Love and it. you know to keep on tv it costs money and so what's happening right now is that you have people heading toward the end of their contracts and they're not getting renewed because of the money and so they're hiring ah. you know, people making less money to to come in and fill in the gaps Okay, I was starting to think it was political. No, okay, no, 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 no. I understand this is that uh, uh, one of the things, and I know some people like uh, you know some people ended up losing their jobs at ESPN because they were too political. And I know the mandate when I was there, and particularly toward the end when things you know started to get so political, is that don't bring up politics on the air. We're a sports station. Yeah. Let's talk sports. Hey, thank you for the phone call, Marcus. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right, let's go to Ed in Denver. Hey, Ed. Morning, John. Good morning. I hope you and Pat are having a good Saturday morning. Well, we'll see. And had a good date night last we night. We did not. She was. She did oh. not feel well, so we did not go out for Friday night date night. Oh, sorry to hear that. I yeah, I know. I'm, I am too, so. Yeah, you I, had I, your third shot yet? Uh-uh, no. And I'm not worried about it. No. It's like I'm I'm in no hurry. I mean, again, when I got the shot in May, they told me eight months. So it's like, okay, at the yeah. very least, I'll do it in eight months, and I'm not rushing it. There's no reason. I got a Johnson and Johnson. I'll get a Johnson and Johnson the next time. And again, I am not right now in a rush to get the third shot. Because again, I'm not you're, out enough. You're in good shape right now. Well, because again, think, right think about this. I mean, where, where where do I go that uh, puts me in a position to be able to catch much? You know, I, I go to uh, you know to you know uh, pharmacies to pick up uh, medicine for my wife, and usually I can drive through. Like I have to go to Walgreens today, and it's going to be a drive-through. You know, I'll go to uh, I have I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to go to many grocery stores. I have to uh, you know then you know go and uh, you know I'll take Pat to dinner. I'll go pick up dinner, but I'll always go at like 4:30 or so early, so there's hardly anybody there. So it's like the only person I'm around is that. And then of course you know I'm up and down right now on going to games on the sidelines. Uh, but it's like other than that, wh- where am I? Where am I in a position to really catch anything uh, from anybody else? No, you're in a good spot. Yeah, uh, I think you're. I think you're doing well. You don't need your third shot, or well, I guess in your case, your second shot. Yet, yeah, but uh, get it at the six to eight months. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, well, frame, I mean, again, it's like I'm. Be good. Yeah, yeah, again, it's like I'm not. I'm not going to rush it because, again, there is no reason to rush it. Yeah. I no, work. I work. Good. I work out of the house, so it's not like I'm going into an office or anything of that nature. So it's like, why rush it? I'm with you. So you had some issues with Direct TV. Uh, like I didn't yeah. know about that. Oh what yeah. What happened? You lost all your video. Yep. Twelve years. Twelve years of video. And again, people keep saying, that, "Well, how, how come you didn't back it up?" Direct TV well, has no good. ability uh, for you to back up anything that you tape through the years. There's nothing. There's no mm-hmm. iCloud. There's no DVR. There's nothing. If you lose it, you lose it. I lost it. Wow. So DirecTV, as you probably know, was bought by AT&T. Yeah. Um, and, um, but now AT&T is giving it back. Yeah. And DirecTV is going to be its own entity again, mm-hmm. um, which should be a good thing. I think, no, I know. Honestly, um, I, having spent as much time I have in the last 
uh, two weeks talking to them, I think it is going to be a good thing because if you go back, you know, particularly with the uh, you know uh, Direct TV, you go back with Sunday Ticket. You know, back when eight when it was run exclusively by Direct TV, it was run very well, and so I think that now can continue, and uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like uh, at our Montana place, as I was telling you before, we have Direct TV. Yeah, we just got a new uh, satellite because it was upgrading and a new mm-hmm. box and all those things. Um, so we now get like 176 channels, um, but oh, by the way, we don't get an ABC channel, so that's a bit of a pain. But um, but yeah, the guy that installed the new satellite had nothing good to say about AT&T, AT&T but yeah. everything good to say about DirecTV. So yeah. it doesn't help your past, but uh, maybe going forward it will be good. Yeah, like for example, I got to call um, Direct, I got to call DirecTV today just to make sure that because uh, you know I have a Comcast down here in the office but I don't have the Comcast digital where I can get ESPN for Monday night. And so I have to try to connect you know, with my cell phone, which, of course, it's been up and down. I mean, it was actually, it was never working for about uh, a year. But now, like even, I tried it twice this morning, and it was able to get uh, ESPN 206, and uh, I just got to make yeah. sure I can at least watch the game as I'm doing the sidelines on Sunday, on Monday. Yeah. Can't make the game uh, on Monday just because of work. Um, just finished 17 days in a row of working, so yep, um, <clears throat> that stinks. But enjoy the game. As I look at the ESPN pickers, I see um, only Fowler, Graziano, and Wickersham are picking CX to win. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see Wickersham's pick because yeah. it's sometimes is a little off the wall. Um, but he often is right. Yeah, um, yeah. So how do you see that game playing out? Uh, I think I think they have a chance. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to. But, yeah, but you know. I think they have a chance. I mean, because again, it's like this isn't a great Saints team. It's a good Saints team, but not a great Saints team. It's not the Saints team of last year. And you know, it's a home game. I know that uh, they don't have Russell Wilson, but I think they have a chance. Hey, Ed, thank you for the phone call. Hey, have a great day, John. Okay, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Uh, let's go. And we only have about three minutes left before we go to Washington State football. Let's go to Commando Dave. Hey, Commando. Hey, what's up, John Clayton? Man, it's great to be back on the John Clayton Show from Buckley's in Queen Anne on a historic Seattle sports day. And Tim Buckley said, tell the professor to get down here soon. Shout out to Matt BMC Nelson for getting me on the airways of 17 Cairo, home of the blood pressure raising Seahawks, so I can bring it to the show. And when I say historic Seattle sports day, John Clayton, it's been a long time coming. It seems like it's taken forever, but today it's finally here. Yeah when the former Seattle Coliseum and Key Arena has the first sporting event played in the new Climate Pledge Arena. Shout out to all the Kraken fans who made this happen with the outstanding support of the Seattle, of the, the season ticket drive that got things rolling. And, of course, John Clayton, this is not just big for sports fans or hockey fans, but the arena is for Seattle Center and for the city of Seattle. And, of course, John Clayton, we all applaud it. Chris Hansen for his efforts in building an arena in Soto, but I always maintained and took a lot of heat from blurring it on this show, John Clayton show, among others at the time, that Key Arena was the solution. And that was a twofold thing, John Clayton. One, the, the Seattle Center, to remain relevant, it just had to have a viable arena. And secondly, and more importantly, the, the thought of Howard Dutch Schultz standing in the window of his Soto headquarters looking down and feeling justified in his domino effect actions as uh, Seattle Sonics owner was one that just drove me crazy. And speaking of the Sonics, John Clayton, the path is now paid for the return of the NBA to Seattle. I saw something recently that the commissioner, commissioner of the NBA said Las Vegas is a city of interest. Despite not mentioning Seattle, it would seem like uh, with the way that things went down, the Emerald City would already be grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, John Clayton, I know you're short on time. 
but to help to kick the party off here at Buckley's two blocks on the new palace that is Climate Pledge Arena, uh, I'm leaving a $25 gift certificate at the bar for the first Kraken fan wearing a Kraken sweater that says Commando to the bartender. And lastly, John Clayton, to paraphrase the late Vikings and Cardinals head coach Dennis Green, the Huskies aren't who we thought they were. And last night... Hey, God, I, 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 I've, got, I've got to run go. here. We're, we're right up against My it. My best to Mrs. Clayton. Go Kraken, go Dodgers, go Seahawks. Okay, and of course, coming up next is Washington State football. <clears throat> they take on BYU. And of course, uh, we've got the pregame show coming up. Game's going to be at uh, 1230. This is John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.